What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. Today on the show, we sit down with Joe Rose, voice of the Dolphins, to talk about this 2022 team at the midpoint of the 2022 season. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. Lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, co-founder of the DraftNetwork.com. And very excited to share the microphone once again with Mr. Joe Rose. Today's episode of Locked on Dolphins is brought to you by our friends at Simply Safe Home Security. With Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe, 24-7 monitoring agents capture evidence to accurately verify a threat for faster police response. There is no safe like Simply Safe. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL to learn more. So without further ado, Mr. Joe Rose, he is back. Let's welcome him onto the show. We have a special extra episode of Locked on Dolphins this week because we have the chance to sit down with one of my favorite people to talk Miami Dolphins football with, Mr. Joe Rose. Joe, welcome back to the program. Happy midpoint of the 2022 season here. This are the Dolphins' eighth game already. Kyle, it's flying, and it's always great to do this. You're, as you know, you're one of my favorite guys, and I love having you on the radio every week and uh, breaking things down. So it's, it's always great to do this with you. And uh, you, I always tell everybody, you're a knowledgeable dude about this football team. Well, let's um, let's dive into this football team. And the first couple of things I want to talk about with you, I want to ask you the same question, but about some different people around the Dolphins and the team this year. And the first one we'll start with is Coach Mike McDaniel. As we reach, this will be the eighth game. In what ways has Mike McDaniel been what you thought he would be? And in what ways has he shown himself to be something different for the first half of this 2022 season? Um, so I was curious, first of all, to see his play calling because he was brought in here as a, as besides the head coach, the, um, the offensive guy was going to call the place, not, not coordinator, but going to call the place. So that, that's a, that's a big responsibility and the growth of certain guys. And, and we've seen it with Tua Tungabailoa. I love his game plan, especially when he can script plays early. Um, we've gotten out of the box, even though we haven't gotten the most out of it as we could have got a lot more points. We've left a lot, but I think his play calling has been, uh, really good. Now I say that on the radio and I said, I do like the way he calls his plays. Um, you know, they're saying the same 16 points a game. The last four games, what you've averaged is not good enough. It's just, it's not, especially when you look at the amount of yards you get to be one of the top a total offense is in the NFL and, and it just doesn't show. I mean, I, I get people like, we always say that, but we're not getting enough touchdowns. I agree with that. I, I do. Um, some of the things, uh, Mike, so, so Mike's trying to do a combination of analytics and numbers and his gut. And to me, you know, the gut, the experience, that only comes with experience and he just doesn't have it. Uh, an example Every day of the week, um, any extra days in the month, 
you got to kick that extra field goal. That was so frustrating not to go up 19 to 10 instead of the last two drives. They're down in your territory with a chance to win the game at the end because, number one, you can't get a first down. Uh, so you give the ball right back and say, defense, get another stop. But, you know, you, you don't worry about that if you're up nine because it's a two-score game. And so that, to me, was really by far the most frustrating He's rolled the dice some other times. Well, we had a fourth and seven, went for it, hit Waddle for a touchdown. So he's rolled some, some dice and it's worked. But in that situation, Pittsburgh's struggling. Your, your defense is playing great. You know it. They got a rookie quarterback. I, I take all that in. And, and he he took it all in and decided and, and was a little desperate to get the offense. He was frustrated with field goals. And he really wanted to get a touchdown in that situation. And I just don't do it at that point. Go up nine and you don't have to worry about a guy slipping. You know, anything freakish can happen in the last minute of the game. Uh, a ball's thrown perfect. Your guy doesn't make a play on it. And, and let's be honest, you're playing with, with Bethel and, and Iggy. And, and you know they're going to go after those two guys. They don't have a lot of experience. So it could it could have been a disaster in that game. You did win it. But uh, so, so those would be some of the things with uh, the good and the bad of the coach. Um, his guys have been playing hard. Uh, I know he's frustrated with certain parts of his team. We don't get enough out of special teams. Uh, that's been really frustrating. Nobody talks about it because we talk so much about offense and defense. But special teams just either makes a negative player. We just don't talk about them. We really need, we need something. Uh, I'm not talking about a home run as in a touchdown, but we need a return. Uh, we need a block. We, we, we need something to change it and, and help the offense or the defense out a little bit with field position. So as we run the gauntlet here, uh, I do want to kind of work my way down to there, but the next name that I, I want to ask you about is a name that you mentioned to Atangavaloa, and in what ways he has been and has not been what you were expecting to see with your expectations at the beginning of the year and the two-year sample size of what he was uh, before Mike McDaniel got here. Okay, all very fair, by the way. Whatever side of the fence you're on, I don't want anybody out to, out there to get mad. But uh, So he's got a lot better throwing the football. He, he's improved. That's one of the things Mike's done really well is his number one project, his quarterback, is playing – a lot better football. He's throwing it better. He's playing with confidence. He's won over the team clearly, which he didn't do the first with Fitzpatrick around. He couldn't, he couldn't, they didn't believe he was the best quarterback. They believe it now. Those guys, those guys really rally. He knows it's his team. So that's great to see. And that's all part of Mike McDaniel now. Mike gets credit for all that stuff. Um, so so that's been good. The big question is. Not can he make the throws. I think he can make a, a, most of the throws. He's he's really improved. He has. Durability, he's missed two and a half games. That That's a lot because part of what we got to find out is his durability. Not just his production, but his durability, and he needs to be able to play. And one's connected to the other. So now we do have to see how he holds up after this recent concussion problem He's got to be smart. He's got to learn to get rid of the ball. Um, he tried to explain that he's competitive and he's going to run a little bit. I get that. But be smart about it. Don't, don't try to take anybody on. 
You don't have to. You're not winning extra points with your offensive line by going, hey, I like that. You took on the strong safety or the middle linebacker. Showed me something. I want him to stay. I don't have a problem with him sliding, and I don't have a problem with him throwing the football away. So I think this stuff he'll do. I'm really curious to see uh, these next four games without getting ahead of myself for the West Coast and going up to Buffalo and going up to New England. The next four, specifically Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland, and the Texans, to me, give us a really good chance for him to produce, uh, put up some good numbers, and us to get W's behind it. He's got a he's 4-0 now when he starts and finishes a game. So he can win games. It's gonna be this will be real big for him to uh to find out. Teams gotta find out, the fan base, we all gotta find out. Can you stay productive? And the only way you can stay productive is you got to stay in the lineup Field. and you got to be the starting quarterback. You can't be on the sideline. He's already missed two and a half games. Here's a sports analogy for you. When it comes to burglars, your home is like the end zone and you need the absolute strongest defense that you can muster. This is why I use Simply Safe Home Security. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. It's cutting edge technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back so you know your home is safe. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, and smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when the threat is real. They even have hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL to learn more. There is no safe like Simply Safe. Next name I have for you is a player who I, I think has been everything that he was billed he would be when we found out that he was going to be a member of the roster. So I'll change the, the framing of my question a little bit. What's something about wide receiver Tyreek Hill in the first half of the season that You've been surprised by in what he brings to this team, aside of the explosive playability and all of the speed. Um, loves to play the game, uh, practice, but watching him practice every day at camp. I, I missed maybe two or three practices, but the practice I was at, amazed at how hard he practiced. It looked, it was game tempo for a guy that good. He went hard every day. Um, that's one. Number two is hands. Um, got great hands. Surprised. I thought we'd see more drops. We've seen a few with Jalen Waddle. Tyreek doesn't drop too many passes. He's uh, uh, And his toughness has got to be right up there. That guy's toughness. He took a game a couple weeks ago where it was a lot of short passes, and he got the crap knocked out of him, and he gets right up, and he wipes it off. So the defensive back's talking trash, and he goes, hey, man. You ain't affecting me. I'm going to play. He came back after he had the boot on, too. He left uh, one of the games with a boot on, as in I, my, my foot's injured. Here's a practice on Monday. Um, I think it's important. He's the one guy we really can't afford to lose. He is 1A of these receivers. And um, and so I've just been impressed with the whole thing. The other thing is, as I, I told Noah Igbenogany this morning, on the show. And, and he said the same thing about him. He's never seen a guy that can run that fast in a football uniform. And second of all, 
run the comeback full speed the way he can. It's never seen anything like it. Kyle, I don't know if you, I know I haven't. Maybe you have a guy that can run and you got to respect the takeoff and can just absolutely stop on a dime and run full speed back at you without, without ever having to take it back down to first gear. It's amazing to watch. Uh, next name or next unit I have for you is the offensive line, which has obviously been such a hot button topic in Miami, but they're coming off a performance in which uh, Tua Tungvalo had the lowest pressure rate in a game that he has had to this point in his career in Miami, less than 10% of his dropbacks. He was pressured. Yeah. They actually have shown some life on the ground the last couple of weeks in finding Raheem Mostert as the preferred back in the hot hand week over week. So, you know, we, we've spent a little bit of time without a starting tackle and left tackle in Teron Armstead missing effectively two games. We right. have Austin Jackson who played 15 snaps and has been gone ever since. And you've got a couple players who have played in that spot. As you look at the offensive line unit in its entirety, in what ways has it met, come up short, or exceeded your expectations and what you hope for from the start of the year? So overall, it's much better than a year ago. Much better. That's number one. Number two, when Teron Armstead plays, they are a different group. I think Liam Eikenberg's better when Teron's playing. I think he helps him. Um, he He's a security blanket. He needs next to him. I saw it. I use this as an example. When I we had Dwight Stevenson at center, we always had a guard going to the Pro Bowl. And it's nothing against those guys, Ed and Roy and Cooch and all the guys that I played with in the 80s that played guard. I mean, they're good players. They're good, solid players. But when they made mistakes and you watch film study, it was like Dwight was going, all right, I got you. Don't worry. You got beat a little bit inside. I saw it. I got it. I got I got. So the play could still had a chance even when when somebody didn't play at their best. And I feel that way with Teron Armstead when he plays. I think Brandon Shell has been fantastic. This doesn't happen very often when you pick a guy that hasn't played that's out there. And you bring him in because you're shorthanded. Brandon Shell's been one of the great surprises of this team, the way he's played. When he plays right tackle, he's been real good. Um, Greg Little's been pretty good at right tackle and obviously struggled at left tackle. So, I mean, and, and that's the whole problem. Teron Armstead has got this toe. You don't know. I think he's playing this week, so that's good um, against Detroit. But overall, I think Connor Williams in pretty good. Robert Hunt's always solid and, you know, wants to get to the next level. And Eichenberg has been, you know, up and down. You'd like to see more out of him overall. So, uh, but you're right. Uh, this has been a lot better than a year ago it has. And even the running game starting to come around, especially with Mostert, as you said, running the football, uh, starting on wide zone and, and cutting it back up when he sees a, a, a hole to run through. So, so overall, it, it's been better. It just comes down to health with this group, and they, and they just cannot afford to miss Teron Armstead too much over the second half of the season coming up. He, you know, it's not my body, it's his body, but we really need you, man. He, he's that good, and he doesn't need to practice. I've never seen anything like right. it. Crazy. Right. That good. Um, I have a couple defensive guys before I let you go, but before we do, I, I'd like to – Take you back in time a little bit. You mentioned when you were playing in the 80s, and I want to ask you if there's anything that you remember from 1985. This was the year after the Dolphins played the 49ers in the Super Bowl, and the Dolphins that year started 4-1 and one 
And then you looked up on November 3rd after a loss in New England, and the team was 5-4. and four. The team then proceeds to reel off seven consecutive wins to end the regular season. And if you look at that hot start parallel versus some of the, the October struggles, just was wondering from anything that you remember about that season from the messaging internally within the building, how you start hot and then you wake up on Monday, November 4th after losing to New England and you're five and four and you're floating right around 500. Do you remember anything from Coach Shula or the, the players on the team from that year about, hey, we, we just got to buckle down or anything along those lines? So so my guys, you know, sitting at the uh, 72 uh, banquet the other day that we had and I sat with uh, Bo Camper and Glenn Blackwood and Bob Brzezinski and I'm hitting the killer bees with you, man. They let me yep. sit with them at the table. Listen, when those guys were um, – we had a lot of really good players and we had some stars. I mean, we, we had superstars on offense. We had a lot of really good players, but they had a lot of character. Even, even when we lost a couple of games um, and, and shoes stayed on you pretty good. I mean, listen, he took losses. Uh, I've never seen a man take a loss harder than he did. I mean, he, he was those, those guys thought Brian Flores was tough after losses last year. Uh, with that stuff about him not talking to guys and not always being nice. Man, I related to that one um, when we lost games because uh, first thing we would do is go to cleaning things up. That was always his message. Physically, if you get beat, you get beat. Sometimes guys are better than you. He claims he understood that. I don't know if he ever did, but he won things clean. And uh, we just had character guys, and we stuck with it. Guys played injured. That's the biggest thing. Guys played injured because they didn't want to let it. Had nothing to do with the coach. People go, oh, the coach forced you to play. Nah, man, first of all, you're insecure. You wanted to play. And you want anybody to take your job. But second of all, you don't want to, you want, you don't want to let anybody down. Like those other guys are banged up. You might have been hurt a little bit. So, uh, so our guys played through it. And, again, we had special guys, you know, I uh, without – you know, you start talking about the Marx brothers, Marino, Nat Moore. You, you start talking, the guy snapping the football, maybe the greatest to ever play the game. Um, I don't even know if he can dip. If he plays another three or four y- years, I know you can't debate that one. Dwight has just absolutely did things that well, I've never seen a center do without doing the Dwight Stevenson show on you. I mean, Dwight could snap it on goal line and we'd run right over him watching Klecko, Smurless, all those guys end up four yards in the end zone. His leverage, just, he he just, it was phenomenal. And one of the classiest dudes you ever played with. So so we had a lot of character and we had a lot of good players. And by then in 85, we'd won a lot of football games. Even before Marino got there, we'd gone to the Super Bowl. And even the year before that, we we went deep in the playoffs against the Chargers in a crazy game. So uh, we had some character dudes that had some experience. So and then we had those young guys. You know, we bring in thirteen and and the Marx brothers on the outside. And they all just happened to kind of blossom at the same time, right? One guy was a track guy, other guy was a late draft pick that was kind of small. And we find out he's a freakish athlete. And Clayton. So it just all came together. But as far as losing and, oh, no, we're going to keep losing, 
that was a confident team, man. You went out on the field, even when we lost, there was like, so what? I'm going home. No big deal. Nobody was bombed on the plane. We'll get them. To, and sure enough, we flipped it around. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with a challenge in life. But when you learn how to find your own solutions, there is no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals no matter how big or small. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. You can get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists at any time. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can help get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. Well, you mentioned young players blossoming at the right time. And the, the last two players that I wanted to ask you about, I'll ask it in tandem, but it's been arguably your best player in the front seven and arguably your best player and most impactful player in the secondary and second year players, Jalen Phillips and Javon Holland. So what, in what ways have they, outperformed or changed your expectations or hopes for them respectively in the midst of their second season at the midway point? Yeah. Well, both freakish athletes, um, confident guys. You can tell now they've kind of figured this thing out. Um, both those guys there, there's no reason we shouldn't be talking about both those guys going to Pro Bowls. We shouldn't be talking about double-digit sacks. We should be talking about double-digit sacks from Jalen Phillips. He's that kind of player. Uh, I was so – I was really proud of him, and this sounds crazy as an old guy doing the games, but the way he played and the effort he gave at the end of the game, that's the thing, man. The guy doesn't take plays off. Um, We still have quarterbacks think they can outrun him to the outside, and you can't. He's got great speed. He's really talented. He's worked hard on the running part of his game to be a better, better against the run. He saw those numbers. I don't, by the way, don't believe those guys don't pay attention to pro football focus. They all bitch about it. They think it's a joke, but they sure know what their ranking is on all that stuff for sure. And, um, and so both those guys are impact guys. Um, We're getting real close to just talking about Jalen Phillips being the best pass rusher. And and Javon in the secondary now with two interceptions, he can do it all. Um, and and once we if we ever do, we got three of our five guys out in the secondary right now. It's just Javon and X Man, the only two guys left uh, from the starting five a year ago. But Javon, when when he, you allow him and you have the freedom to let him do everything from play center field to still sneak up and blitz from the outside. If you need him to cover, he can cover. He's just a unique player, man. I like it when he can move around and he's not stuck in one position. And I'm a little afraid of that right now because we are shorthanded, that we're not going to get to see the best of uh, Javon Holland. But if he's got to be our our deep guy and our insurance policy, he's starting to get uh, confidence now and getting a better read. Like he'll bait you to throw it underneath and going, when you throw it, I'm going to undercut it. So we saw that last game. Um, I think he'll do more of that kind of stuff because great players do that. Yo, it has been great catching up with you. Appreciate you carving some time out of your Friday to sit down and talk a little Dolphins football. Yeah, anytime. Of course, Kai. I love doing this. 
Uh, it's great. Listen, anybody wants to talk about the team and break stuff down, and um, we got a lot of good football players. You know, we lost three in a row, and uh, and I'm like everybody else. I want to see how we bounce back. Who plays well? Everybody's under the microscope on this team, right? Everybody. We we've tried it a lot of different ways. It's always fun to see a guy like Brandon Shell come out of nowhere, and you're like, are you down here for the 401k program at the end of your career? Are you are you down here to show us you can play because you want to play a few more years? Um, to to young guys that just blossom and develop, you know. So so we've had a little bit of all of it, and uh, let's hope we get a couple guys back. The Byron Jones, Austin Jackson mystery. Um, we need both those guys at some point. It would, nice, it would be real nice to have them in the second half of the season to add depth to the offensive line and especially help that defensive secondary. Oh, Joe, it's we don't stop, man. We just keep going. Any, any predictions for Sunday as we let you out the door here? Um, they're going to be physical. Best part of their uh, the Lions is that offensive line. They got three first-round picks. They've got uh, a lot of guys that could be on Pro Bowl. Um, that are really good players. I think they're going to try to pound us because that's Dan Campbell's personality. He wants to, he wants to take the game back to the seventies and eighties and smash everybody in the mouth. And I think for us, man, I, I'd love to see an indoor weather's perfect track meet. I'd love to see the big plays. I'd like to see a handful of forty yard plays and uh, and get the running game going. How about run for about a buck fifty? I think we can. I think we can run it. And uh, and and with that run, I think we're going to hit some big plays. I'm so, right, one fifty down. Forward. I'm writing that number down, and let's hope we get there. One fifty. Uh, and by the way, they're giving up one sixty. So well, I'll take the one fifty. <laughs> Don't even get to what <laughs> they're giving. Slightly below average, happens. right? <laughs> yeah, I thought that out. All right, Joe. I appreciate you. Take care, my friend. Kyle, thank you, brother. You have a great weekend, and and go Dolphins. You too. Go Dolphins. That is going to do it for us this week here on Locked on Dolphins. Six episodes we bring to you to get you ready for Dolphins-Lions in Detroit at Ford Field. The Dolphins in pursuit of their fifth win of this regular season. And as Joe Rose, in his wisdom as a former player, shared, talented teams can take the adversity in stride and pick up where they left off. And this is indeed separation season, the time of year where teams can separate themselves. And here is to hopefully the Miami Dolphins doing exactly that on Sunday with yet another win. Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins, your team every day. Fins up. Look forward to talking to everybody on Monday. Go Dolphins.